previously on the podcast. Yeah, I, I was kind of, you know, zig where others would zag, you know. Uh, I was thinking that, um, you know, somebody was going to go hard after Jones, so I, I wouldn't bother. That's my roster we're talking about, hey? Uh, yeah, I'm aware. But yep. outside of Cooper Cup... So I guess Cup, my answer is yes, I'm totally comfortable with that. I didn't even realize that was my roster. That's awesome. Just like my wife told me uh, when looking for a, a lady, I'll know the right fit when I see it, and I'll, I'll, I'll jump all over it. Welcome back to another edition of the officially unofficial Roto Heat Guillotine League podcast. I'm Kevin Kloss, and this week it was another doozy. Came down to Monday Night Football, and again, heartbreak at the hands of some running backs, some quarterbacks, some eagles. As we welcome on Shane this week to talk about his demise, his early exit from the league. We'll talk about the woes that come with drafting Alvin Kamara some trade potential that maybe was left unchecked, and how he left $1,000 in fab on the table. We're going to jump right into that. Congratulations again to Blair for surviving. Congratulations to Rob Sullivan for massively outperforming my preseason expectations, and for Anthony Leone not getting punched in the face yet. Here we go. Shane, 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 I am uh, unfortunately having to welcome you to the podcast, buddy. Thanks for coming on and chatting with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know, definitely very unfortunate. (laughs) So, you know, this all happens Monday night. Monday night football is really what what seals your fate with Kenneth Gainwell and Miles Sanders. You've had, we're talking on Wednesday afternoon now. So you've had, you know, over 48 hours to let this sink in. Where are you at now? The dust has settled. You know, your team has, has been eliminated. People have picked up your players. Where are you at? Talk me through, you know, the stages of grief. Where are you at right now? You know, I think I'm I'm in the uh, process of acceptance. Um, it, it took me not too long, honestly, but uh, obviously it was hard to see because it's my first time doing a guillotine league and it was a lot of fun. And I'm kind of really, I grieve like the process of not being able to continue because it's my first time doing it mm-hmm. and I got axed the third week. So um, that was kind of hard pill to swallow. But then like seeing everyone take on my uh, players, I was like, oh, wow, like I must have had a good team because I mean, people dropped like over a thousand dollars total, I think, on all my players. So um that even made it maybe a little worse, but <laughs> knowing I had a solid team and still got axed. So it's your first year in the guillotine league, like you said. Is there something that now, kind of having gone through the draft, having gone through a couple weeks of spending fab or, or not spending fab when you get outbid, is there something that you take away from the first couple of weeks here and you go, you know what, next year, this is what I'm going to do differently? Well, I noticed my team was on the chopping block at least like one other time. Um, I thought I might have been as well on week two, but then Lamar Jackson kind of sealed my fate and did well at Sunday night football. But, um, you know, I read up on it and I was like, everyone was like, try not to spend your money at the beginning because anyone that spends their money early kind of ends up losing. So I was like, all right, I'm going to stick with that philosophy. But here I am out of the league and I spent zero dollars of my thousand. Um, 
So I guess that's enough said with that. Did you bid on anybody? Like, did you try to acquire someone and you just got outbid or did you decide you were just going to stay on the sidelines for the first couple of weeks? No, I did bid actually. Yeah. So I bid on uh, some of the top dog players and I guess I didn't want to spend too much. So I was kind of in that like, all right, I want to at least have like quite a bit of my money left, like by the halfway point. Right. So I was thinking, you know, if I spend like a hundred bucks here, then that'll give me enough leeway to like maybe uh, bid on a few other good players later down the line. But I just definitely got outbid on like players like Aaron Jones, Tyree Kill. Like they just, they probably spent five or six times what I ended up bidding on them. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard. I feel like I feel like I have this conversation every single week where I say, <laughs> I don't know where the balance is. You know, I've put in, in the last couple of weeks, I've put in bids of 400 plus dollars on, on, on separate players and I've gotten neither one of them. You know, I've, I've missed out on guys because someone... Uh, you know, just to be fully transparent, you had Alvin Kamara on your team. And I thought, you know what? Alvin Kamara would do very well on my team, which really needs some running backs. So I put in over $400 and I was like over $100 off. You know, somebody, I can't remember who, bid over $500, over half someone's starting fab budget to get Alvin Kamara. So I, you know what? I've played about three years in this and I still don't have it figured out. You know, I bid. 400 plus dollars on Alvin Kamara and I don't get him. Last week I bid less than $100 on James Robinson and he ends up being one of the things that saves my team. He's over 20 points last week. So it is such a crapshoot in terms of who are you dropping money on? When is enough too much? When is it not enough? And so it, it it's so hard. Do you feel like you have a better sense of it now or do you still feel like going into next year it's really going to be kind of a shot in the dark? You know, maybe a little bit better because I know just the dollar amount that these people are going for. Mm -hmm. Um, So then, like, if I really want somebody, I know I'm going to have to drop big dollars. Um, Is that a smart move? I don't know. I guess I'll have to I'll stay around in the chat and I'll make I'll like check on on how all these people that bid early, if they do finish well, then maybe that's a new strategy I'll have to implement next year. But um, I think one like biggest regret I kind of now thinking about is like maybe not having enough time to like put into like trades. Cause I feel like that could have done my team well, because I had, I was starting three Eagles. I don't think you should ever be starting three <laughs> players from the same team ever. So um, that was definitely an area I should have maybe looked into a little more as well. So then, I mean, you just kind of mentioned, you know, the fact that you, you were starting three Eagles so when you look at, you know, reasons why you ultimately get bounced, you know, are you mostly blaming the Eagles backfield on this that between, you know, Gainwell and Sanders that it's it's, you know, not quite 15 points between the two of them? Is that like where you're most frustrated was with the Eagles backfield? Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, Sanders I've never been high on like anyways. So I kind of didn't want to draft him, but I'm one I go with philosophy of like of getting running backs early because I know that they go super fast Mm -hmm. and I want to have good quality ones. Um, And like I thought Miles Sanders was still in that tier where I was like, okay, I think I can get some good value out of him. But unfortunately, he just did not produce for me. 
Yeah, I mean, just pulling up Miles Sanders real quick. The first week he was good for you. The first week, you know, yeah. he, against the Falcons, he get, gets you 17 points, and that's probably like reinforcing your yes, we invest in running backs. And then the next two weeks, each week he's under nine points. And that's just that's a real tough pill to swallow, assuming you probably had to spend some high draft capital on him because, like you said, running backs fly off the board so quickly. Oh, yeah. I mean, I went I had the number two overall, so I was thankful for that. So I got Kamara there, um, which I'm glad I did because Dalvin Cook ended up getting injured this past week. So Mm -hmm. that would have maybe even wrecked me even more this week. Um, And then uh, I got him on the end of round two, I believe. And then uh, my third round pick is what I'm probably most disappointed in, though, is Allen Robinson. So (laughs) I don't know if you've seen his numbers, but anyone that knows his numbers just have not been good and spending that high on like a wide receiver one, you would hope to get more than nine and a half, 10 and then 4.7 last week. Yeah. I was just pulling up his numbers there and seeing that he'd only cracked 10 and barely even cracks 10 that second week against the Bengals. And, you know, just, you know, not to rub salt in the wound, but when you look at the rest of your wide receiving core, you didn't really have like a wide receiver two who could who could pick up the slack. Cortland Sutton, I think, could have in the right weeks. That Denver mm-hmm. thing was rough last week. As someone who owns Teddy Bridgewater in a bunch of leagues, he'd been really good the first two weeks. But when teams are playing the Jets, you always look at this as like a smash play. But Zach Wilson's throwing so many picks that Denver gets <laughs> up so quickly in that game that there's not really the volume. You know, they're not throwing the ball, so Cortland Sutton's just not getting targets. Yeah, I know. That was definitely a disappointment, especially, you know, Jerry Judy's out. So I was thinking, man, Sutton last week, I mean, he was a big reason why I Mm -hmm. got saved last week, too. Had almost 25 points and then dropping that 8.7, like still solid, but um, definitely would have expected a little more out of him to kind of help pick me up. Um, And then I knew my draft philosophy is like, if I don't get one of the top tight ends, I'm probably going to wait. Um but my tight end also just didn't perform and hasn't this year really um, in Robert Tanyan. So he's been a little disappointment outside of that week too. Yeah, it's rough when you look back on the score and you see, you know, it doesn't even crack two points. It's that it's that 1.6, <laughs> it's one catch, you know. Ugh, that's so hard, especially in a game where, you know, the Packers were moving the ball. The Packers were moving the ball, ball pretty well. You know, Rodgers has a good game. Devontae Adams has a good game. And you just – you know, not to once again, I know this is painful to talk about, but like just <laughs> hit hit Robert Tunyon on one of those passes, you know, get gets a first down and, and there's a possibility you're still playing, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's what I had him going Sunday night and then the three Eagles on Monday night. So I literally only needed at that point, I knew I needed 33 points from all four of those people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, what? I'm feeling pretty good about that. And then Robert Tanyan drops on 1.6. And I was like, oh, man, that's a little rough start. Um, And then we know that the Eagles really just none of them were doing anything until the last two drives. Jalen Rieger finally, like, came alive a little bit. So I started getting hyped a little bit, like, wow, I'd have a chance. And then I had that last drive. And instead of putting in Kenneth Gainwell, they choose – uh, Boston Scott, like I was like, what? <laughs> what? And he ended up getting two catches on that last drive. Which, if that would have been Gainwell, there's my victory right there. And I'm I'm not on this pod right now. 
I mean, trust me, I, I wish you were still playing, but still th- thankful that you would that, that you would come on come on and chat. Yeah, the Eagles were rough. You know, the I I had looked at that as as a spot where honestly, when I looked at your team, I thought, well, he's got a shot because the way I thought that game script would go would be one of two things. It would either be that the Dallas defense would be so bad that Philly would be putting up points, in which case you would have a shot with either Gainwell, Sanders, and Rager. Or the other thing I saw, which sort of played out but not to its full extent, was Dallas is going to score. And because Dallas is going to score, Philly's just going to have to throw the ball. They're going to have to put up points. And so those guys on Philly are going to get tons of garbage time points. And so some of that was true. You know, Dallas got up. But mm-hmm. Philly had a couple of drives, but they, they didn't really have all that, that garbage time points that you were probably thinking at a certain point, well, okay, you know, Dallas is going to, you know, take their foot off the gas and maybe this is the chance for Rager to make, break a big play or Sanders gets a carry on the goal line or something like that. Never really happened. Yeah, it didn't. Like until literally the second to last drive, right, where mm-hmm. they were moving the ball. And I think I got almost all my points from Rager on that drive. <laughs> he had like a 30-yard catch and a 20-yard catch. Um, and then – like they get down, they're in the end, the red zone, and he just throws up a heave. And I'm just praying that it's Rager. I'm like, oh, come on, that has to be him, right? And then uh, it was Greg Ward. And I was like, oh man, that touchdown pass. <laughs> um, I think someone even put in the chat, like Whistle Dog or something, like, I'm, or maybe it was Travis, like, I'm very grateful for Greg Ward right now. <laughs> <laughs> The other spot on your roster that I, I was curious about, and because this is always like a position, if you're not playing in super flex, it is just the never-ending story, if you will, and that is, do you have a really good quarterback? You have Lamar Jackson. Like, he's he's really good, but you, you, you had to spend a late fourth to get Lamar Jackson. I just pulled up the draft so I can see you take him at 417, you take Lamar Jackson. Is there any thought to quarterbacks, you know, or – are so deep and we only are really going to start a handful of them even in this league that you could have waited on QB because when I look at that and I see like guys who were available after you took him you you know Tyler Tyler Boyd's available Robbie Anderson now you did end up getting Cortland Sutton but again you know Debo Samuel's available and then a couple picks later Russell Wilson's available so any thought that to wait on QB next year and think that hey I can get quality from a QB. Like if you draft Jalen Hurts, you could get extremely late. Matthew Stafford, you could get really late, and he's putting up great numbers, and you can use those earlier picks to kind of boost that that wide receiver or tight end position. Yeah, so it's kind of funny because I went different this draft than I usually ever do. I went QB early, mm-hmm. um, and it was for the sole fact that, man, like, at the back end of the fourth round, I mean, you're talking in a normal draft, like a normal 12 team, like what, that's sixth, seventh, eighth round or something in that mm-hmm. range. Um, so I thought it was pretty good value to, that he was still there. And then I was thinking, well, if you only get four points for passing touchdowns, Lamar really doesn't get too many passing touchdowns. He rushes. So I thought that would maybe give me that like leg up with his rushing ability. Um, and getting those extra two points for those touchdowns when he had those rushing touchdowns. Um, so that's my thought process. And I wasn't in love with a ton of those wide receivers there. But mm-hmm. obviously now, looking back on it, man, I could have definitely grabbed Debo and Cortland Sutton and been like in pretty good shape <laughs> and probably still alive. 
Yeah, I mean, we can play the what if would you have done differently game, you know, un- until the end of time, you know, I mean, I'm just, <laughs> right. I'm just looking at like round 12, where I think I end up taking this guy as my backup quarterback. And I actually didn't expect him to be good. But at 12-12, like, I'm able to snag Goff, who uh, last week was bad for Goff. But I mean, previous to that, 28 <laughs> and 18, I don't think anybody really expects Jared Goff to be putting up those kinds of numbers. The quarterback position is so hard, but you would say traditionally you're not a guy who takes QBs early. You normally wait. Yeah, traditionally, yeah, I usually do that, like find someone later on, like a Tannehill, like a Matt Stafford or something like that, that I know is going to produce um, because – and then I can get some much higher like quality flex players. Um, but this time I switched up my draft and, you know, maybe it just didn't work out. <laughs> so – it's important to to point out here that for the first few weeks on this podcast, I was fairly incessant on my criticism of Blair. You know, and interestingly enough, Blair is the one who finishes just ahead of you with about, you know, 2.3, I think, more points than you. Is there any part of you that wishes that, you know, not obviously you wish you were still playing, but even more so because it was Blair? <laughs> I think I just actually put it together. That was Blair. Oh, that would have been right? just so sweet. Yeah. Like, I don't even know this guy, but just hearing <laughs> all the stories and all the smack talk that's been going on in the chat, that would have definitely made it just like that much sweeter. And I would have been able to, we could just have him just going off and going crazy on this pod right now. So last week we did something on the show that went over very well. And so I've been told it needs to come up every week. So we're going to ask you this question right now. And that is, who would you rather punch in the face? You're going to sucker punch this person. They do not get to retaliate. Would you rather sucker punch Kenneth Gainwell or Miles Sanders? It's got to be one of the two. I feel like I, I have to do Miles Sanders. I mean, Gainwell, he's a rookie. And I just put him in there because – you know, those garbage time, maybe uh, third down plays even where he gets those uh, PPR points. But uh, it has to be Sanders. I don't I didn't even like him in the first place. And now it makes <laughs> me even dislike him more. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you said you wish maybe you'd explored the trade market a little bit. Is there someone on your roster who you feel like you could have traded and would have given you a shot to stick around a little longer? I see someone on your roster who I think maybe you could have, but I'm curious sort of like what your thought process would be if you were if you were to pursue a trade because there's so many teams in this league that there's not a ton of depth on the bench sometimes. Yeah, there definitely isn't a lot of depth on the bench. And, um, I mean, I had Michael Thomas sitting on the bench just mm-hmm. hoping that I would make it to week six for him to come back. But uh, I think, I don't know, if maybe someone would have bit on Michael Thomas, I could have maybe done that, but I doubt many would have. Um, I kind of regret not trying to trade Miles Sanders potentially, like after he kind of had that big first week, since I knew I didn't really like him as a player and maybe some people would have been really high on him. Um, but other than that, I feel like I couldn't have traded Allen Robinson really because he was just performing so poorly unless people just maybe would have had that like, uh, last year and how he finished as a top 12 wide receiver. I'm glad you brought up Michael Thomas. It was exactly who I was thinking. Was, <laughs> and not because like not because I think he's like setting the world on fire or anything, but I think mm-hmm. if you found a team like like I'm just going to suck up to this person for a minute, 
Soli's team is doing incredibly well. I feel like his yeah, team, after talking a lot of junk to his team before the season started, I feel like his team is doing really well. And so he might be someone who, if he was comfortable with his roster, he like might have been willing to give up, I don't know, one of the wide receivers on his bench, knowing that he's not going to start him for a couple of weeks, and just taking a shot that Michael Thomas was going to come back in time. Like, you know who's a guy who... Just kind of when we look at this real quick, like who's a guy who maybe might not be starting on somebody's team right now just because they're a little further down the list, but you might have been able to get like, what? If, like, not that this would have saved you this week, but like, what if you could have traded Michael Thomas and gotten like McCole Hardman from somebody, you know, like, like that, that's a guy who I think people would be open to trading because they figure his production is not sustainable long term. And if a team is secure, like like Sully's team, I think has been safe the last couple of weeks pretty easily. So he might, if he had had Hardman, which I don't believe he did, he might be willing to make that move, knowing that hey, if I can make it till Michael Thomas comes back, my team is stacked. Oh yeah, I think you bring up a great point, and that's something uh, where I think I just let my the business of life, you know, just not like have the time to go through mm-hmm. some of these teams and make some of those trades. Um, but yeah, I see Michael Hardman. He's on uh, James' team, mm-hmm. and it's like he has a strong wide receiver core. I mean, Rob he got Robert Woods and Tyree Kill both last month or last week, right? And so he definitely could. I could have like targeted him, and easily he probably would have made that trade because he was like, "Oh yeah, I have faith in my team that I'm going to make it um, to Week Six." And you, that's a, and just to be clear. Hardman for Michael Thomas, a trade you would have made if we, you know, wind the clock back a week ago, would you have done that? You know, I probably would have asked for a little more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously, think looking back on it, like maybe like giving up some of that value to get someone that could start in the short term. So that way I could maybe bid on some higher end players in the following weeks to kind of replace that mid-tier player. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say now, well, of course I would have traded Michael Thomas for Hardman, knowing <laughs> knowing that Hardman would have put you over the edge and knowing that you were you were close to the chopping block as you were. Uh, I want to be gracious for your time, so I'm going to let you go in a sec, but I just want to do one more thing before I let you go. I don't need you to pull up standings. I don't need you to look at projections. You've been in the chat. You know who is in this league, so I'm just going to ask you, shot in the dark, who goes out this week? Ooh, shot in the dark. You could be cursing somebody right now, and I'm okay with being responsible for that. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm sorry, but I think uh, it has to be Travis, right? Oh. He's, the, uh, he's the guy that lost McCaffrey, and I, he squeaked by this week, but I don't know if he has the depth. I haven't looked, but to be able to overcome that. So Travis, the tra- <laughs> Travis could be going out. I mean, it's 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 definitely possible. He did he did lose McCaffrey, and there was a part of me last week that thought, would it be very poetic if back to back weeks both of the Travises went home? Oh yeah, that would that would have been like obviously I would have enjoyed well, right. that. <laughs> but yeah, definitely very poetic for sure. All right, so Travis, you you heard the man. He called his shot. He thinks you're going out this week. We'll see. Who knows? I'm not going to try to predict what's going to happen here. I thought I was on the chopping block at one point, and I ended up being the highest scoring team of the week. This is the worst team. 
my, my, my team is the worst team that has led this league in scoring <laughs> at any point. I'm very confident of that. Hey, Shane, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. I hope you'll stick around in the chat and that, you know, you'll stay with the league because, you know, great guy, great owner, and I was happy to have you today. Thanks for your time. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was fun. And that's going to do it for another episode of the officially unofficial Roto Heat Guillotine League podcast. We'll be back next week. Hopefully it's not me. Hopefully it's one of you. And if it is me, it'll be a sad, sad monologue. See you then. Bye.